Welcome back to Head of the Pack, our first off-season episode. And there was some notable news today. Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur held their season-ending press conferences with local reporters this morning. And Bill, quite frankly, I don't know if I expected them to say what they did about Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, that was the main talking point. And listen, they've, they've expressed their desire to keep him in Green Bay for the long term before. But something about what they said, uh, each of them, this morning just seemed different. It seems a stronger vote of confidence, especially after what Rodgers said after the loss to the Buccaneers about how he was uncertain about his own future and, and stuff like that. This was a strong vote of confidence that made me think Jordan Love will never play a snap for the Green Bay Packers. What did you take away from it? Man, I don't know. I mean, they were there was no gray area, was there, Matt? There was nope. zero gray area other than at one point, Gutekunst said the words right now. But in that same breath, he says, he's such a part of what we've done. He's such a part of what we're doing right now and certainly in the future. I mean, there was, there was no wiggle room. He, he's their guy. And I don't know. Is it because Rodgers was so great this year? Was it because Jordan Love didn't show a whole lot of development? Who knows what's changed, but um, they are, what are the number 12? Um, they're, they're deep into it, aren't they? I'm not sure how else what, what else you read into it. Yeah, I mean, anytime guys speak like this, it's always not fun, but you got to make sure you don't just fall for the trap of, okay, here's what they're saying, this means that they're sold to him for long-term. Like if Gut- if Gutekun says right now or this offseason, you got to notice that and be like, okay, well, he's not saying Rodgers will be the quarterback forever. He's just saying this season. But that wasn't, like you said, that wasn't the case here. He covered all of his bases. And here's the direct quote. He's going to be part of our future and we look forward to all the runs we're going to try to make here over the next few years. There's nothing ambiguous about that. Nope. There, there's nothing oh, he maybe just meant the near future and not the distant future. He said the next few years. Aaron Rodgers is under contract for the next three seasons. And Gutekunst, you know, I don't want to say all I was asking for, but all uh, fans and maybe even Aaron Rodgers was asking for without publicly saying it was, I want a commitment to me for the long term. And I don't want to be a sitting duck in 2021 because I don't deserve that after the season I just had. And yeah, Goody could um, convert some of the some of his base salary or whatever uh, money that isn't tied to signing bonuses and guaranteed money on his contract into that to show that long term commitment, which they very well still could do. But short of that, this was about as good of a commitment to Aaron Rodgers that you're going to get at least publicly from the Packers. Right, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this contract stuff later. You can't do the contract stuff without this. You you can't you can't. I mean, Rodgers isn't going to help the team, right? For for no reason, he's not. I mean, he's he's not going to do them any favors if he figures he's got one butt out, one foot out the door. So I, I think I think you had to have this conversation. Look, I mean, this wasn't. I'm sure some of this was meant for Rodgers to hear too. But I'm, I mean, they've all talked. I'm sure they've hashed all this stuff out, but. I think it was important to make it perfectly clear where he stands at the franchise before he can go to the next step, and the next step is talking money and trying to trying to give them a better chance of having a, a contender next year. I totally agree, and I think priority number one, obviously, as we've said, is for Aaron Rodgers to get clarity on where he stands, and he got that today. Um, priority number two is what the hell are you going to do? I, I don't know if I was allowed to just say that, but H-E double hockey sticks. Um, what are you going to do with Jordan Love? Like, 
I, I asked Goody today, it's like, and, and granted, he, he wiggled around with it and said, you know, us more than any other organization, uh, he kind of said that, um, likes to develop quarterbacks and we're not going to rush them or whatever. But quarterbacks don't sit for three, four years anymore. And if they're committing to Aaron Rodgers for the foreseeable future, let's say that's through the end of his contract, at least. Um, because who knows? It could be beyond that. Tom Brady's in a Super Bowl at age 43. Aaron Rodgers' contract will run out at age 40. They could re-sign him if he's still playing like this. I think essentially today they said we're committed to Aaron Rodgers um, until he significantly declines. If he has not significantly de- significantly declined by the end of his contract at age 40, you can't keep Jordan Love because you're going to owe him $20 million if you, if you uh, exercise his fifth-year option. You, he's not going to sit forever. You're going to have to part ways with one of them in the near future. Um, what's the next step for Jordan Love, do you think? Both the GM and, and head coach talked today about they saw good signs from him and his development. They liked what they saw in practice. Just keep working. But the reality is, if you commit to Aaron Rodgers like you did today, you have to try and dr- trade Jordan Love as soon as possible while his value is still relatively decent. Yeah, I'm, I'm texting back and forth with uh, a high-ranking NFL guy who's very he's very interested in all this stuff. He has, I mean, he has no idea either. It's, it's fascinating. They both are up in 2023. But if you're going to give Love his fifth-year contract, or that fifth-year, um, if you're going to exercise that, that has to be done after 2022, right? So... Like, like I said, how are you going to do that? Why are you going to pay the guy $20 million, $25 million, whatever the number is in a few years, if he's never played? It's it's fascinating. And look, I realize it's been, what, five months? He had like five months of practice time. He didn't have a real training camp. It was a, it was a shortened training camp. Riders got the number one reps. Mm-hmm. Um, but they must know to some level, right? I mean, not not that they can bet that he's either a bust or he's going to be great. But they must have an inkling, don't you think? I mean, he he ran the offense against the scout team for the entire season. They must have some sort of feel, I would think. Yeah, and we really don't know. Right. It, it, because if that feeling is he's not the guy, oh, crap, we made a mistake here, they're not going to come out and say it. You no, know, of course not. Goody said today, because quite they have no reason to, because that would sh- if they are looking to trade him, that would shoot his stock in the foot. If they came out and said, uh, he's kind of slow in his development, we regret the pick, then you can't get anything back for him. That would be silly. So I don't expect them to say that. But I, I just don't know. You know, Goody said today, I view Jordan as a very talented prospect that we're really excited about developing. Um, he said whether it was Matt Hasselbeck or Aaron Brooks and the way we developed those guys. And, you know, he mentioned Matt Flynn when Aaron was he- when or when Matt Flynn was here under Aaron. But then he finishes that with, we're excited to continue down the road and get him in some preseason games at the same time while, while we're competing for championships with Aaron. If the best you can do right now is say, we're excited to get our first round pick that we traded up for into some preseason games, you might be in some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, not the actual positive trouble. you've not got actual Aaron Rodgers trouble. back on top of his game right. and you don't need him to, but... Not actual trouble, I should clarify, like with your actual team, but trouble in terms of, uh, this might have been a mistake of a first-round pick. Yeah, I asked him if he regretted it. He he he, he totally talked around my question, too. Yeah, it was totally focused that. on love, and he talks about some unfortunate injuries, and the guys who played did some good. Yeah, I didn't ask about those guys. I didn't ask about Josiah DeGuara. I asked about Jordan Love. He just totally tiptoed around that one. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, seriously, you, you can't trade him anyways. 
I mean, what are you going to get for a guy who didn't play? I mean, they're the, the best. The best chance you have is, you know, find a team that was really high on Jordan Love and needs a developmental quarterback. Uh, let's say there's a team like, I don't know. I, I I need to look through all the teams right now. But if there's a team out there who has a veteran bridge quarterback right now and was high on Jordan Love in the draft and still think he can provide some value in a year or two, then maybe you could get a, a third round pick from them. I don't know. I, I'm no expert on the trade market, but that would be your best best case scenario. And listen, hindsight's 2020. Maybe an inside linebacker or a wide receiver or a defensive lineman would have helped you beat the Buccaneers? Probably not. But at this point, and maybe we'll revisit this again in a year and, and we could be talking about something different, but you might just have to bite the bullet. The scenario I foresee happening is the Packers might just have to bite the bullet and trade him for a sack of pennies and, and move on. But that's why you need the preseason though, right? Exactly. You, you you need him to play in the preseason to show the world um, that he's a good player and that he is worth something and and that some team who who already liked him said, boy, he's he's really made some strides. I, I knew he was going to be a project. Um, he's absorbed the coaching in Green Bay well. He's a, he's a much more finished product now than he was, what, about 18 months? From, yeah, 18 months ago. Right. Um, I, I think maybe that's the hope. Or, or maybe we need to just take Goody at his, well, I shouldn't say that. But, you know, he did come out before the scouting combine last year. What, what did he tell us in that conference room? That we might draft a quarterback in the first round. And they did. So maybe we need to take him at his word here that they're just going to be in the business of developing quarterbacks. So you've got a good one in case something happens to your starter. Look, right. Rodgers had the broken collarbone in 2017 and played through the knee in 2018. And he's getting older. Maybe you just need to have a guy that you feel good about and not Brett Hundley. <laughs> or Deshaun Kaiser. Right. Look, I, and maybe he is moving the goalposts here. I shouldn't say. I mean, maybe he, he probably he probably is, but maybe we just need to take him at his word that they just want to have a good insurance policy here for their thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine-year-old quarterback um, that can win some football games. Maybe maybe that really is the plan. As crazy as it sounds, you know, it might be. I like that. I mean, I, I mean, I don't. You get what I'm saying? I like that theory. Like maybe it's not. As much of we expect him to take over for Aaron Rodgers as we think it is. Maybe it's the backup quarterback is one of the most important positions in football, and we want to be best suited if we need to use that position. Right. And look, Rodgers is coming off the injury in 17. He was, again, by his standards, not by anybody, by his standards, he was, he was okay in 2018 under McCarthy. And he was, his numbers are almost exactly the same in 2019 under LaFleur. So that is when this draft pick is made under the context is we have a really high-paid quarterback who's had two injuries, and he hasn't played super great lately. So maybe we need to draft a successor. And now Rodgers is back to being Rodgers. So now you can say, well, at least we've got a plan B. Maybe, I shouldn't say we do, but maybe mm-hmm. we've got a plan B if you're you know, thinking like Gutekunst is thinking in case something happens. So again, maybe maybe it is the moving of the goalposts at this point. But um, yeah, it's this whole thing's fascinating, Matt. It's great. It's great talk fodder for sure. It's... It's so unusual. I mean, the guy, the guy that I'm talking to now says teams, teams don't just do this anymore. And that, that's why he's, from afar, he's just fascinated by what's going on in Green Bay. Yeah, and I mean, listen, like, like I said on the last podcast, if there's any organization who knows how to draft and develop 
Well, they didn't draft Brett Favre, but you get my point. If there's any quarter organization who knows what they're doing with the quarterback position over the past three decades, it's the Green Bay Packers. So who am I to question them? But it's uh, it's good fodder for discussion. Um, I want some quick hitting things from these two press conferences that I wanted to touch on before we get to reader questions because we have a bunch of them heading into this uh, what what is going to be a busy and entertaining off season. Um, number one, David Bakhtiari. Goody said he wouldn't put it past Bakhtiari if he was uh, to be ready for next season. You know, torn ACLs. It's unlikely that he is, let's say that. And Goody said they're not going to rush it just because of how important he is. But he tore his ACL on December 31st, so New Year's Eve. The season opener is going to be first week of September. That's about nine months. That's pretty soon. So do they just roll with what they had at the end of this season until Bakhtiari is ready, do you think? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Jared Veld here? Would he, would, he, would he like to actually show up for training camp? I mean, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that, I mean, seriously, I mean, all joking aside, for a guy who's retired twice and come back um, for, for playoff runs brilliantly, in, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, that, I would probably be exploring that one. I, I would. You need to have some insurance here. Um, look, you can draft a guy, but I mean, again, I mean, who, who the heck knows if Joe first round draft pick is going to be ready for day one too? Um, exactly. I would, I would be talking to Veldhier's people and and trying to see if you can get a veteran sure thing in their ASAP. Number two, uh, what did you make of Matt LaFleur's comments about his willingness to give up play calling? I mean, that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, It kind of arose from the topic of that play call at the end of the first half where Kevin King got burned for the touchdown against the Buccaneers and Scotty Miller and the uh, breakdown in communication between LaFleur and Patton. And LaFleur wouldn't straight up admit that he made that call you know, as the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported. Um, and then LaFleur kind of threw Patton under the bus for that one after the game. But he did say all calls come through me and our communication needs to be better. And he was asked, I forget by who, um, would you consider giving up play calling just so you can oversee everything better so mishaps like that don't happen? And to clarify, LaFleur didn't say that he'd consider it because he thinks he needs to give up play calling. He thinks the opposite. And I would agree because the Packers had the best offense in the league. It's more so from an aspect of Nathaniel Hackett can do it just as well as I can. And if it is better for the team, I'll do it. I don't think this is a situation of, oh, this is an offense in need of a play calling change. It's just a possibility that he would be open to. Oh, man, that, that that's craziness. Um. Let's let's go back to for Packer fans. Um, twenty fourteen, the Packers I believe were number one in the NFL in scoring that year, and then they lose the NFC Championship again. Mike McCarthy gives up the play calling. The offense in twenty fifteen sucked. Now look, maybe maybe it wouldn't matter. Maybe Nathaniel Clement or Nathaniel Clements. I just merged oh two guys together. Oh maybe boy. Nathaniel. Ha- I mean, clearly Nathaniel Hackett and Tom Clements are not the same people. So what happened in point A doesn't mean it's going to happen again for for point B. But um, I'm not messing with a good thing. If 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 it if what's you know as they say if it ain't broke don't fix it. They were number one in scoring. I would uh I would not give up play calling in any circumstance. None. How about you? I agree. It's as simple as that. What else? What else did you take away from these two press conferences? I mean, we're not going to get anything concrete on. Aaron Jones or Corey Lindsley or the cap, you know, those things will kind of come out 
as they do. Um, other than that, I thought it was kind of interesting that LaFleur, I mean, I don't expect him to come out and say he regrets his decision. Obviously, in hindsight, he does, but um, or maybe he doesn't. But he said, I would kick the field goal again. But what was, I'll say this, what was interesting was he said, if it was fourth and goal from the five, it might have been a different story, which means... <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, you should have run for a couple freaking yards on third down. Yeah, that was interesting. Because you, you remember after the game where Rodgers made it perfectly clear that it was not his call to kick the field goal there. And part of me wonders if that if this is LaFleur saying, you know what, if you're going to kind of toss me under the bus a little bit for that, um, I'm going to mention that scenario. Um, maybe maybe I'm reading too much into it. Probably not. You know you know how these people are. They're so strong-willed. Um I, I thought I thought that was just fascinating that Lafleur kind of said, "Well, hey, if we're at the five, because I, you know, I've watched it a half dozen times. He gets to the three, I think Rodgers does, and it, it does make it a whole different decision. So I, I thought that was an interesting uh, tit for tat there with, with Lafleur and Rodgers. Yeah, and, and you know, Lafleur <laughs> was asked in, in the last question or with the last question of the press conference, you know, is this something you'll need to smooth out with him going into the offseason? And Lafleur basically said, "No, I'm glad he." you know, disagreed with me. I wouldn't want a quarterback that would want it, would be okay with kicking it. I want a quarterback who wants to go for it every time. So, you know, if I'm sure people are going to make headlines out of, oh, you know, will kicking the field goal damage this relationship long-term? Whatever. Let's move on from that. Yeah, LaFleur is really good at that stuff, isn't he? He's really good at putting on fires. He is. <laughs> I mean, that's what he has to do. That's, that's uh, Jason Waller's 101 right there, isn't it? <laughs> Let's get to some questions. There were some good ones. Yeah, we got a lot of good questions today. You got the first one or should I call them up? I'll start with, um, here's one. Will Devin Funches make an impact next year from Dane Griffin? I, st- I start with that one because he's, he's a guy we didn't really talk about. Everyone's saying, oh, maybe get another receiver. Oh, we should have drafted another receiver. Devin Funches is a guy who two years ago was a really good receiver for the Carolina Panthers. He's a guy who's played in a Super Bowl. He's a guy who's caught eight touchdowns in a season not too long ago. Um, He broke his collarbone week one of the 2019 season, opted out of this season after family problems with COVID-19. I I believe the way it works um, as an opt-out is he's still under contract for next season, even though he signed a one-year deal. Correct. He's still under contract for next season, so it's not like the Packers. The Packers don't have to re-sign him. Um, so he'll be in training camp and I do think he can make an impact. He better. I mean, <laughs> nothing, nothing has changed, right? I mean, we talked about, I mean, everybody wrote about it or talked about it, the need for a receiver. And just because they're number one in the NFL in scoring doesn't mean they didn't need a receiver. That's true. And, and rookie receivers run hot and cold for every Justin Jefferson of the Vikings who caught like 500 passes this year. There are two, two or three first round guys who just do absolutely nothing. Um, he's a proven guy, dropped a lot of passes. Uh, but he is he at least he at least he's got some track record. It is interesting though, um, for all these guys. Can you come back after not playing here? Can you come it's back tough. and be that guy being away from the practices and the games and, and there's you're so competitively driven. Do you, you come back with that same competitive fire after sitting on your butt for twelve months? Um I think I think that whole thing is gonna be fascinating, not just for Funches, but for everybody. I agree. All right, what do you got? Um We've got a lot of these kind of questions. Uh, this is, happens to be Citizen Keith. In light of what Gutekunst said today in reference of winning now and pushing out cap costs into the future, 
how likely is it that they will bring back Lindsley and Jones? Lindsley and Jones? Let's, let's just go with or. <laughs> Lindsley or Jones. I think there's a chance. I don't think it happens, but I think there's a chance. You know, I know people have been talking about this recently on Twitter in light of the Rams-Lions trade. The cap is a myth. You know, the New Orleans Saints field a near Super Bowl team every year, and they're going to again next season, and they're what? Like triple di- nine digits under over yeah. the cap or something? You know, there are so many ways that we don't even think of that are that Russ Ball and, and Goody have to maneuver around the cap. They'll make it happen. Um, obviously, there some restraint and some reason has to factor into this, but they'll make it happen. Um, I don't think Jones or Lindsley are back, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be stunned. I'll, I'll put it if one of them is. Here, let me ask you this, Bill. If you were Brian Gutekunst and you said, and, and Price wasn't an option, you said, which player would you rather have back? You only get to choose one: Corey Lindsley or Aaron Jones. I would choose Corey Lindsley. Oh, that's a great question, Matt. Um, the injuries bother me. Something um backs bother me. Um, you're a young guy, Matt. You don't know about back problems, I'm assuming. Back no, suck. I, 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 my mattress isn't very good. I've woken up with a sore lower back the past couple of days. It's not been pleasant. I'm getting old. I'm turning 26 in May, Bill. <laughs> I have, I have, um, I've had to go to uh, urgent care for bending over to tie my shoes once. Just my back just locked up, and I, and I, I dealt with. <laughs> I'm, for like tw- two I'm days. tweeting that out right now. So, <laughs> and um. So, I mean, who knows? Um, that, that bothers me. But that being said, with running backs, too, everybody knows running back history. I don't. I hardly need to go through the the Todd Gurley's and, and the Le'Veon Bell's and all the money that's been gone down the drain over second contract running backs. Um, I guess I would go with you on Lindsley, just because a center can probably survive a th- at a high level for three or four more years, unlike maybe a running back. So I guess I would go that way. But I don't, I don't feel super good about it either, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Um. Jeff Sepinen wants to know who is the other starting cornerback if King isn't resigned. Um, that's a good question. I don't think it's anybody they currently have on the team. Correct. Um, I would I would amend that question to when King isn't resigned. <laughs> um, and that's okay, maybe it is a slight to Kevin King, but I think that's just the reality of what's going to happen. I don't know if a first round draft pick at number 29 overall, or if you trade up a couple spots would be ready. I mean, Jair wasn't ready right away and he was the number 18 pick. So I don't know if it'll come in the draft. Maybe they find a, a proven veteran for cheap and free agency as a, as a bridge to a guy they draft high. You know, it's not going to be Josh Jackson. It's not going to be Kadar Holman. It's not going to be Shannon Sullivan. It's not going to be Tremont Williams. It's not going to be Kevin King, so you're gonna you have to think it'll be someone uh, from outside. If I had to put my money on it, I would say it's a free agent, a veteran free agent. That's kind of a bridge option for uh, a Kadar Holman or a guy that drafts high this year. Yeah, I'll say his name is Joe First Round Pick. That being said, Joe First Round Asante yeah, Samuel Jr. Um, I've seen him mocked. He's a little short. For Green Bay standards, but so is Jair Alexander. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking J- Jair's at least over five ten. Green Bay doesn't draft short, super short guys. I will say, whoever the DC is that they bring in, can he fix Josh Jackson? Because it didn't work under Pettin, right? Um, can a new scheme or whatever can that 
rectify Josh Jackson, who somehow as a second-round pick was inactive for two playoff games in, in, in his place as a guy from the practice squad. Brutal. 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 Tyler Daniel, after today's pressure, or t- pressure, after today's pressers, do you believe an extension for 12 is going to happen before the start of free agency? An extension? Yes. No, I don't. I don't think an extension. I think what's more likely is a restructuring of his contract, like we've talked about, to um, give him some more guaranteed money or uh, signing bonus money to show a material commitment to him long term, past just the words they spoke today. That would also help them uh, alleviate some cap space, I believe, for the immediate future, which is obviously needed heading into this offseason. But in terms of an extension, uh, with three years left on his deal, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah, probably not. I would say if you give him a one-year extension, you can kick that salary cap can down the road at least a little, you know, a little bit further. Um, Spencer would like to know: Is the week one starting offensive line already on this roster, or do you think we use the draft free agency for help there? And then he goes on to ask: Mostly curious if you guys have any idea if Runyon, Stepaniak or Hanson or Nyman can contribute next year. Yeah, my predi- I'll give my prediction for the week one starting offensive line next year. I think it'll be Billy Turner and Rick Wagner at tackle, even after what happened in the NFC Championship game. And I think it will be Elton Jenkins at left guard, Lucas Patrick at center, and John Runyon Jr. at right guard. And a lot of fingers crossed that David Bakhtiari heals as soon as possible. Um so then after that, the Packers would probably put Billy Turner back at right tackle. If Runyon is progressing well, or if Runyon is not, then they could keep Wagner at right tackle and put Turner at right guard with when Bakhtiari is healthy. But yeah, I, I don't see them re-signing Lane Taylor. Um, I think John Runyon might be ready enough, whereas uh, they'd only re-sign Lane Taylor if he's going to start. And I think Runyon would probably have the leg up on him at right guard. So I think that starting offensive line is currently on the roster. I bet Bakhtiari starts. He's a bad, he's badass. You know, I mean. It starts week, it starts week one, Bill. He doesn't need training camp. It's a torn ACL. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> he doesn't need training camp. He can get out there for that, that last week of practice. And then you get, and then you get that, that week of nothing between the end of training camp and the start of the regular season. I, I bet he starts. I like that. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Bakhtiari, no, Bakhtiari, he is a badass. That is that is a fact. Yeah, and, and then the upside, if, if there is that, you almost forced to play running in the starting lineup during training camp. So then you can see what you got. I mean, I, I think you guys just got to think his his future is is fabulous. I mean, he when he had to play, he played really well. I, I So I, th- I think that is the upside. He gets a lot of first-team reps. Correct. The man, Mulcahy, would like to know, who is your preferred replacement for Mike Patton? Yeah, I'd need to do some more delving into these defensive coordinators or, or the prospects, but the the name on the street seemed to be Jimmy Leonard, right? The, the yeah. DC from Wisconsin, a young, energetic guy who's really done well with the Badgers the last couple of years. Um, I know it's not the sexiest name, but Jerry Gray, I think, would be a really good option. You see the, the leaps that Jair Alexander... Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos made this year. Um, I think Jerry Gray is the most likely internal candidate. Externally, you know, 
I don't think it'll be Wade Phillips, but Chris Richard, um, who kind of oversaw the Legion of Boom in Seattle during their prime, and then was the passing game defensive passing game coordinator for the Cowboys before Mike McCarthy took over and, and Richard was kind of shown the door. I think Richard or Richard? I think it's Richard. I believe so, yeah. Okay. It yeah, sounds good. Let's go with it. Yeah, let's go with that. Oh, I hope I wasn't making a fool of myself. Um, I think him or or Jim Leonard or Jer- I, my my top three right now would be Richard, Jerry Gray, Jim Leonard in no particular order. Yeah, Richard's an interesting guy where they were always good on in, in the secondary and it was always Richard Sherman and somebody else. It was always that revolving door. And what does Green Bay have right now in the corner? They've got Jair Alexander and somebody else, right? So yeah, exactly. Jair I, I, I think that's a, a really interesting name. <laughs> um, and Jim Leonard gives you the – Leonard played under Petten for, I believe, five of his 10 NFL seasons, something like that. Okay. Um, so you, he would probably come here with, with kind of the same defense. So, look, look who knows what this offseason is going to be like. Is it going to be totally Zoom again? Will there be something? Who knows? So if you're not totally starting from scratch, isn't there some upside there? So it's the same, same-ish same scheme, but new ideas, a fresh voice, um, a young young blood. So it's not exactly the same, but there's at least some a, a, uh, a starting point that maybe helps with the transition. So I, I think that's pretty interesting. But Richard, for the reason you pointed out, is uh, I could see that. Totally agree. Let's get to one more before we send these fine people on their way. Here, here's one. Here's one from Citizen Keith. Do you envision Rodgers as the Packers starting quarterback on opening day 2023? Were you convinced Gutekunst and LaFleur want to keep him as long as he's still playing at a high level? That's a good one to wrap up this podcast on. I do envision him as the starter. If I, if gun to my head, if I had to predict, I would say barring injury to Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love will uh, never play a meaningful snap for the team. Not only because of what they said today, but, you know, I learned this year to not bet against an Aaron Rodgers who people think might decline. And we're seeing what Tom Brady has done now. Aaron Rodgers said this is the belt or this is the best he's felt physically after a season. Uh, And as long as he can remember, he was never on the injury report. He was sacked only 20 times in the regular season, obviously a couple more in the playoffs. But, you know, he's 37 years old. Opening day 2023, he would be 39. And wait, 39? No. Yeah, 30, he'll, be, he'll be 40 at the end of the year. Okay, yeah. I didn't take a math class in college. Um, yeah, Fingers and uh, toes, I, Matt, towards that. I think the 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers will be the starting quarterback at the start of the 2023 season. And Jordan Love will be on another team. That would be my prediction. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, just for all this to make sense contractually, not just with Rodgers, but with with Love, it, Jordan, he would have to take over in 2022. So then you know whether you need to do the the option on it. Um, based on what they said today, Rodgers is the quarterback for at least 2022. So there's no reason not not to have him live out that contract as, as long as he's playing at somewhere around this level. Yes, I agree that he is the guy in 2023 and um, there'll be a new quarterback. Laura only knows one, but Rodgers is her guy. I don't. I don't see how else you read into what what they said and conclude otherwise. Yep, like you said, there's not much gray area. So 
Listen, like we said last week, we'll be back with episodes every other week. We got free agency, the draft coming up. We'll go through all the hypotheticals for free agency and the draft. I know you guys eat that stuff up, as we do as well. It's Bill's area of expertise. So for myself, for Bill, for Danielle, we will catch you guys later. Thanks for listening.